raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hey, good morning. It is Wednesday, December 27th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off. And the dude, Jim Roberts, is joining me in the studio. So I have realized that the last day of 2023 is on a Sunday. And it's... 12, 31, 23, which means it's going to be 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3. And we're also going to have... Wait, 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 wait. Say that. It's... it's 12, 31, 23. 12, 31. So it's 1, 2, 3. 1, 2, 3. 1, 2, 3. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it also means that we're going to have a new day, a new week, a new month, and a new year. So a true Sunday reset. You know, on Sunday... Before the Monday, you get the case of the Monday. You get the Sunday scaries. Sunday scaries. I gotta go to work. As you reset everything. Like, I recall when our daughter was young, Sunday night meant, oh, we better have everything for lunch for the week. Right, she better have done her homework, have right. all her assignments, have, right. you know, have clean clothes to wear to school the next day. Right. Yeah, right. And you do the reset, Every right? Every Sunday. The, the yep. weekend's over, and you reset Sunday night. And you 60 get- Minutes is on TV. Yeah, right. the weekend, that means the weekend's over. Weekend's over, and you get ready for the new week. Well, this year it's a Sunday night. Wow. I mean, you're resetting a new day, a new week, a new month, and a new year. I So, I don't know what kind of magic voodoo you've got up your sleeve, but do it all. Do it all. Prepare yourself. So that 24 can be brought in in a good way. That could be the biggest of all Sunday scaries right. coming this Sunday. Right. What's going to happen? Better, is- I, w- I was better off when I didn't have this information. Now I'm I'm started. My hands are starting to sweat a little bit. And you I'm feel like worried. what? There's a little pressure for for New Year's Eve. You you better do it right this year because you definitely want to have some good mojo for Starting 24 off on the new year yeah. yeah okay i gotta think about that a bit do, do you set new year's resolutions i'm bad at that you're better at that than i am I I, i've never been a big new year's resolution kind of guy you're I like if i'm gonna make a change i'm just gonna do it now i don't, I don't, I don't need a, a a date an arbitrary date to right. quit smoking or to lose weight or to stop drinking or you right. know better self-improvement and that sort of thing yeah i don't use arbitrary dates to to kind of set those goals and go after that if i decide that's something i want want to do in May. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and do it in May. I'm right. not going to wait until January and then do it. Well, here's the deal. I think collectively we all need to do this together. Okay? So Set let, new, what? New Year's resolutions? Whatever it's going to be to get us on the right track in 24. Okay? Let's all do it together because I think by the sheer force of numbers collectively we can turn it around. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm telling myself anyway. You've and, and, and we have five days collectively to figure this out. To get us all out. on the same page. Get moving. We've okay. we got a lot of work to do, no people. No pressure. A lot um, of work. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about how our president is going to be bringing in the new year. He's going to mm. be uh, in the Caribbean island of St. Croix. The White House saying that uh, Joe Biden and Joe Biden, they're going to depart this morning. And they're leaving for the U.S. Virgin Islands. How nice and lovely for them. Now, my thought on this, we talked about this a little bit last night, is, you know, 
Hunter Biden mm-hmm. snuck on Marine One, yeah. you know, last week, and we, and we you guys talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Now, with Hunter Biden being in, under indictment, likely not allowed to travel outside the country, I'm wondering if they chose the U.S. Virgin Islands as a place to spend New Year's, as a place that maybe Hunter can join them. Well, the White House not disclosing who will be accompanying them on this little jaunt. I hope Steve Ducey is uh, sitting there in the U.S. Virgin Islands when they land because he was the one that was able to spot that there was an, uh, somebody that was not on the manifest right. on Marine One, and it turned out to be Hunter Biden. So, you know, they spent Thanksgiving in, where were they, Nantucket? And yes. they, they just got back from their Christmas time at Camp David. And so the Biden's taking some criticism over their lack of work ethic. Uh, you know, and, and here they go again, a week-long vacation in the Virgin Islands. So let's, let's, uh, let's dissect this. Biden has been on vacation for 411 days during his first term. Meanwhile, we've had that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. You've got Russia, who got a pipeline. Uh, Wide open borders allowing illegals into America. You have high inflation, high gas prices, high crime, record numbered record number of homeless veterans, not just the homeless population, but veterans as well. And of course, two wars caused by disastrous foreign policies. And what does your president think is pertinent for him to do? Go on another vacation. So I, I looked at some data on this. You're right. So 411 days of vacation mm-hmm. so far through his term. He's only been in office. We're, we're coming up on what? Three years. Not quite three years yet. Yeah. So that's almost 40% of his entire time in the first three years he has spent on vacation. Donald Trump during his entire four-year term. So Joe Biden's at 411. Uh-huh. Donald Trump through his entire four-year term had 380 days of vacation. All right. Well, let's uh, let's turn it over to our friends from Fox and Friends. And they give us some vacation stats. He's already spent 411 days on vacation. Uh, Former President Trump spent 381 days his entire first term. Obama even less, only 328 days over two terms. Although I say only, that's a lot of vacation for just four (laughs) years. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't get that much vacation. Do you get that much vacation? I'm self-employed, so I don't get any vacation. Does anybody get that much vacation? No, of course not. You're the president. You get to do whatever you want. So I guess you're going to take a lot of vacation time. Uh, You know, some people are saying, hey, it's okay. He's better off not being in charge of anything. And... Well, because but that, that assumes that he's in charge when he's actually in the White House, and nobody really believes that that's the case. <laughs> but we so so we know he's not in charge no matter whether he's in the White House or whether he's on vacation. At least pretend, act like you care, act like you want to be there. Yeah, uh, fake it for us, please. <laughs> right, fake it, fake it. Uh, if, while what while he's sitting on the beach? I mean, the photographic evidence right there. It's just, besides it not being good, it also doesn't look good. It's an incredible amount of vacation, and it's more vacation than any president has ever taken this far into their term in history. Now, if you're listening right now and you're on vacation, good for you. You you deserved it. 
this guy, does he deserve the day off? Do you think that, so all these big companies that you work for, you get your PTO and you've yeah. got your like portal that you have to log into and right. request your PTO. Right. You think Biden's sitting in the Oval Office pulling up the White House portal and go, oh, <laughs> I want to take that. What's Tuesday? That's the 27th. I'm taking that off through January 3rd and then cross-referencing it versus how many days of PTO he still has left in the calendar year. Right. But can I roll some over if I don't take them to the next year? No. No, he's not going through that. He's not going through that? They don't have that sort of HR no. mess that the rest of us do? <laughs> no, he's not doing that. Meanwhile, uh, thousands more are set to arrive in the coming days in the form of a massive migrant caravan. It's making its way through Mexico to the southern border. There's videos, there's photos showing this massive march with families. They're carrying crosses, they're carrying their possessions, all on this trek to the United States. And uh, we're being warned that this caravan could total 15,000 people by the time it reaches the U.S. Of course, U.S. border officials, they say they're seeing nearly 10,000 migrant crossings per day throughout the entire month of December. It's the highest ever recorded and uh, it's just a massive migrant caravan that continues heading, heading our way. And I'm, I'm actually going to agree with Nikki Haley on this, which is kind of weird. Uh, here are her comments on the border, the worst crisis uh, that we've ever seen. The idea that Congress went home for the holidays while we had that flow continuing to come through the border is unacceptable. They need to start remembering who they work for again. I don't mind calling out Republicans or Democrats. If you don't do the job that the taxpayers want you to do, you're going to get called out. Mm hmm. It's uh, a nice soundbite from Nikki Haley, and that's part. She she does very good soundbites, yeah, and she does a really good job at being able to condense difficult issues into just a couple of sentences like that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why she's been trending upwards and doing better than a lot of the other candidates out yeah. there right now. Oh, they. they I mean, I'm not saying I agree with her on a ton of stuff. She's not a good candidate for the Republicans, but I can see why she's trending in the right direction. When she says stuff like that, yeah. con Congress went home. They were like, oh, you know what? We need to go on vacation too. Meanwhile, we've got the. These record numbers of illegal immigrants pouring across the uh, southern border. Biden and, of course, the border czar, Kamala, nowhere to be found. Uh, migrant encounters have surpassed 250,000 in December uh, on pace to break the previous record. And a lot of them coming through Arizona's Tucson sector and also through the uh, Del Rio sector, which is an Eagle Pass. Of course, uh, you know, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, he had a press conference and he was talking about this. And this is the, uh, you know, uh, he he's a sanctuary city, sure, right? Yeah. And now he's finding out what it means to be a sanctuary city. When you when you say, yeah, come here, and they do. And they call your bluff. It's, right. it's easy to say, yeah, come on here. Whoops. When you're you know 1,500 miles away from the southern border, and then all of a sudden they start getting shipped up there, and oh, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. Right, okay, so here he is, and he's saying that he's, he's met with the president dozens of times, but he doesn't understand our national leaders. Yeah, they... Uh, you know, I met with the president several times on this issue uh, in 21, I think early 22, the dates, you know, they get confused. Like I keep saying, when you're the mayor, you live dog years every day, is, you know, many years. Uh, the uh, It baffles me. 
of, you know, New York City is the economic engine of the state and the country. Uh, and I don't have the answer. Uh, my role, as I did when I was a state senator, people came to visit me several times to get initiative passed. I have to keep hammering away at this issue. And I'm really pleased that we are now getting a chorus of other cities that are joining us uh, who are now part of our coalition. Back in April of last year, I was alone on this topic. Uh, but now you're seeing others uh, coming forward and saying, you know, hold on, Eric is right. Uh, and they're joining us, and that coalition is, is going to continue to grow because these cities deserve better. And I'm not only talking about New York, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, El Paso, Brownsville, uh, you know, all of these cities, Houston. You know, cities should not be handling national problems. And so I don't have the real understanding of I'm hoping that our national leaders understand that it come a real immigration reform, a decompression strategy, mm. pick up the price tag of this issue. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Eric Adams, mayor of New York City. Your, your national leaders are currently on vacation. You've got Kamala Harris, who's uh, spending the week until the 3rd of January in Los Angeles. Mm. And you've got POTUS, who's on his way to the U.S. Virgin Islands right now. He's going to be sitting on a beach. It is 19 minutes after nine. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Two minutes after nine, it is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels and Rob Kendall has the day off. The dude, Jim Roberts, joining me in the studio. Something something new and weird is happening right now in the studio. The sun is shining beautifully across the uh, capital city, but it's glaring I, is that it's Sales, it's, it's, Salesforce Tower? It, uh, it's hitting off of one of the uh, glass windows of the big skyscrapers downtown. And it's downtown. shining right in my eyes. Literally blinding you right now. <laughs> we Normally we have those blind shut of the window. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful view of Monument Circle, but you're going to take care of that, Jack? Oh, there we go. Wow. That was incredible. It was, it was like laser beam right on me. I think... You've got that sunspot in the middle of your eyes right I know, now. Your retina has been burned. Everything's blue right now. Uh, let's talk about that lucky sports fan who sealed that very Merry Christmas by winning, what, half a million dollars on a $5 bet. Uh, a 14-leg parlay. So, Who does a 14-leg parlay? Degenerate gamblers. I haven't <laughs> bet a 14-leg parlay all week. So uh, so I've been known to sports gamble a little bit in the uh-huh. past. So, so You normally follow uh, Hammer's bets. 
I do like to bet hammers bets just because I think it's fun. Just yeah. because uh, Rob will bet hammers bets a lot of the times as well. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when the three of us lose, we can commiserate together. And when the three of us win, we get to celebrate. So it's a little bit more of a fun thing betting right. with other people in a group like that. But so, what, so here's what a parlay for those that aren't into sports betting. Uh, a parlay is where you make multiple bets on different games, on different things. It, it, yeah. can, all, it can all be in the same game. Um, I can make a bet that says, you know, that, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw two touchdowns and Travis Kelsey's going to catch one and the Chiefs are going to win. But it's it's a it's a series of bets that all have to hit for the ultimate payout. And the fun thing and the reason why people bet parlays so much is because you can turn five dollars into half a million dollars. Now, obviously, it's very unlikely. Right. Um, even hitting a three or four leg parlay. I had a, I had two four leg parlays over the weekend. And, and missed them both because one of the bets didn't hit. And yeah. that's very common for you to have whatever leg parlay and then one of them doesn't hit and then you're out. So I say that to set this up, it's a 14-leg parlay is a ridiculously long parlay, huge and astronomical odds. And it was so much fun to watch over the weekend because I, I, do, I do a lot of sports gambling, so I follow a lot of gambling accounts on Twitter. And mm-hmm. people were following this in real time um, because the sports books, DraftKings and, and FanDuel and that sort of stuff, they have a vested interest and frequently will see bets like this and post information right, they anonymously. Right, they want to promote. So sure. They're talking about anonymously, and they're like, hey, check out this better. He only needs to hit three more legs on this 14-leg parlay to hit a half a million dollars. Turn five dollars into a half a million. Hey, he only needs two more, and then it got down to he only needs one more, and he yeah. needed C- Christian McCaffrey uh-huh. to score a touchdown at any point during that 49ers game the other night. And then when he finally did, Twitter gambling Twitter just exploded. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was really fun and entertaining to watch and to see him do this. And 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 he's posted on social media since then talking about how much fun it was to go through all of this. And uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch and and entertaining. And that's you know, part of why sports gambling is so fun, even if you don't win or even if you do win yourself, there's this, you know, culture out there that, that, that you observe other people's bets and, and get to, you know, either commiserate with them or celebrate them when they take these huge long shots like this. So it was a Christmas miracle for this one guy. He's from New Jersey and his name is Travis Duffner. And like you said, he went into Monday Night Football game just needing that one touchdown from McCaffrey. He got it. And so he turned his $5 bet into four. $489,000. And the funny thing is, the McCaffrey anytime touchdown scorer bet, yeah. I think, was the easiest one. Of that, all that of them. the best odds of all yeah. of them. So he had done all of the difficult legwork in advance of that by hitting the previous 13. Those were the tough ones. McCaffrey scores a touchdown almost any every game. Yeah. So betting on him isn't a big deal. Um, and it's not a risky bet. So he had a he was going into that game Monday night knowing Feeling man, good. I've got this. Pretty I've confident. Got this. Yeah. And when you're a gambler and you're going, I've got this, you should be scared. Yeah. Because that's frequently when it turns out you don't got this. Uh so the uh, bet paid out at odds of nearly one hundred thousand to one. Yeah, I mean those are That's those a are long shot. Th- those are like Powerball, uh, yeah. getting up there toward Powerball type odds. So it's it, it's extremely rare. Uh, it was a big deal in the gambling community, and it was a lot of fun to watch it play out in real time yeah. um, while we were all watching the game on Monday night and rooting for him. Well, Merry Christmas for that guy. It is twenty seven minutes after nine. This is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's ninety three WIBC. Good morning. It is 934. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC.
Rob Kendall has the day off. The dude, Jim Roberts, is joining me in the studio. My Good name morning. is Casey Daniels. Thanks for being here, Jim. Uh, let's talk about how the uh, Colorado's uh, Democrat governor celebrated Christmas. Did you see this? I, you know what? I didn't see it until you sent it to me. And... Uh... <laughs> I kind of wish you hadn't sent it to me. <laughs> now that you've seen it, you some things you can't unsee. Yeah. You can't unring that bell. Uh, so he got absolutely roasted for releasing this. Uh, many people calling it Christmas cringe video. It's a 14-second video. It features the governor dancing around and singing a cappella to the 1970 Jose Feliciano Christmas classic, Feliz Navidad. And this is what it sounds like. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was the whole video. At least you got the lyrics right. Uh, but Colorado facing an influx of migrants. They're being bussed up there from the southern border. Is that his way of welcoming them to his city? That's a terrible way of welcoming. If you want to do that, there's plenty of other better ways to do that. It reminded me, it almost, it really reminded me of those those cringy dad videos that I see on TikTok and Twitter mm-hmm. where the dads in, you know, intentionally act goofy and silly to, to embar- try embarrass, to embarrass their, kids. their children. That's yeah. exactly right. So that's kind of what I've got. Like, hey, I'm going to intentionally embarrass everyone who lives in the state of Colorado as I'm the governor and do this really cringy Feliz Navidad Merry Christmas video and then publish it on social media mm-hmm. for everyone to see. Ha ha ha. Look how uncomfortable I've made everybody in my state. Why would he intentionally try to embarrass himself? Or, or is he not embarrassed and he thought this was a good idea? So, and that's a great point, too, because you know that this just wasn't something he did off the top of his head. The production value on it's pretty good. It's not like he just you know did a selfie video of this in his kitchen on Christmas morning. Right. It's not like uh, when Suzanne Crouch, our lieutenant governor here in Indiana, released a video and it's you could hear like the wind blowing and she sounded very off mic. I mean, the audio level's good. It's clear. The, the video is clear. It's not grainy. He's standing in front of two American flags and two Colorado flags. He's, he's in a suit and tie. He knew he was on camera. Yeah, the camera was on a tripod. It's not right. somebody holding. So this was a production. So this had to be thought out by his staff. Okay, what can we do for the governor's Christmas, you know, greeting? Right. How about he sings Feliz Navidad? Okay, great. That's a fantastic. Everybody like that? Yes. Okay, let's shoot it and let's do several takes of it, I'm sure. And then everybody had to sit around and go, nope, that's the one. That's you the one. You nailed it right there, Gov. Let's use that one and distribute it everywhere. This was an entire process that was, you know, committed to death probably and had to be approved to right. get to this point and the final product delivered was this garbage. So the consultant said, yes, this is what we want you to do. This is a good look for you. Jack, can we play that again? I, I want to hear it just one more time. Uh, let's actually listen to his singing voice. Feliz Navidad. Mm-hmm. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. 
Yeah, I mean, he he's on key. It's, he, it's not. <laughs> it gives off those vibes of, of like, like, like how I would sound if I was, um, you know, somewhere in a Spanish speaking country and uh-huh. trying to speak Spanish. Like, right. like, oh, hola, donde está el baño? That sort of thing. Like, <laughs> where is the bathroom? It's just a, a, a terrible, right. you know, awful rudimentary Spanish with an awful accent and all of that. That's also giving off those vibes. I'm just really curious as to who greenlit that that and said, yep, that's the one. It's almost like he was going to give a message and then started dancing and it was an outtake. And then an intern or somebody said, no, 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 let's use the outtake because that's funny. That's good. That's real. We got all these. We talked about all the other politicians and their Christmas greetings and how boring and Uh lame they were. Maybe boring and lame is kind of the formula to use, because if this is the other option, I'm going to take boring and and lame every time. Yeah, you'd rather have the the predictable than something embarrassing like that. Cringy. Yeah. The other thing that uh, I wanted to talk about, this Delta employee who got into to an argument with a customer over misgendering. This is a trans activist who tried bullying an airline employee for misgendering and the employee wasn't having it. And what about when an adult employee misgenders you so intentionally? Why she's talk why he's talking, you're talking. You just misgendered me again. Yeah. Okay. Multiple times. Gotcha. Both of you have. Sorry wasn't intentional but if you yeah. want to take it personal that's also well, she did do it intentionally twice I You're talking to me too. you said she and then you said he you're being condescending and if you want to continue Ooh. i have full authority escort you out the building right this moment if you want to play that game with me okay would you like to continue three days before christmas i really don't mind i'm good i'll just put this on that Delta employee was having none of it. This is this is kind of like the modern day version of the Karen who's trying to return something at Target and and I and makes speak a to big the manager. exactly. Yeah. I want to speak to the manager. I, and you know it, it, it's 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 cringy on so many levels. I mean, I was raised to be polite. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And I still uh, you know act that way today because that's the polite thing to do. So it's it's difficult for me to not be mentioning a gender when when I'm dealing with somebody in customer service because that's how you that's how you are are polite and man I'm, I I go over and above to be as nice and as friendly as I can be to people who are in customer service and and consumer facing positions like that because you know that's a difficult job and I'm trying to make up for all the jerks out there that you know take all their <laughs> like frustration that like that guy that take all their frustrations out on that frontline customer service person uh-huh. it's it's just it's um it's not fair to those employees and it's grandstanding and everything about it is and, and good for that Delta employee on pushing back because that's ultimately what you've got to do at some point in time there. He was nice. He was polite. He apologized. He kept calm. And when the you know customer tried pushing it even further, he finally said, you know what? I have full authority to escort you out of here. And, and, I, and I will. And I will. Is that where you want to go? And it's, do you want to get on this flight or not? It, it's three days before Christmas. And it shut down the complaints. Right. Because he knows the customer knew okay, this guy is talking serious now and uh-huh. I'm, I'm not getting on this plane and I'm probably not going to be able to get on another flight for days. Yep, and it was the correct way to deal with it. I mean, these people, they're narcissists with their demands and you can't give in to their delusions, to their lies. It's all just a power trip for them and they need to be the victim of something, right? And this Delta employee was like, no, I'm not having it. It was an accident. Didn't mean to hurt your feelings, 
but just knock it off. And you, you, know? you we're robbed. not going to get enough fight here. And if you're going to keep it up, you're out of here. And you and Rob have talked about this a lot. Look, you're free to do whatever you want, and you're free to identify however you want. But, but it don't is, make me do it. It's not my responsibility to agree with your delusion. Yeah, you can't uh, transfer your issues onto everyone around you and expect them to to believe in it and comply it's with your, it. That's, that's that's your thing. That's not my thing. Don't make me lie for you. Uh, many people saying that that Delta employee deserves a raise. Yeah, he's getting cheered on social media. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of support for him. Okay, let's talk about uh, Nikki Haley and her campaign. Uh, Chris Sununu has endorsed her, and uh, let's hear about that. A president should bring out the best in all of us. That's Nikki Haley. She's a leader who builds people up. She's a live free or die Republican who understands fiscal responsibility and individual liberty. She's a new generation of conservative leadership who can help leave behind the chaos and the drama of the past. We have an amazing opportunity. Let's win with Nikki Haley because we've got a country to save. Nikki Haley for president. I'm Nikki Haley and I approve this message. The interesting thing about that video was that it looked like a campaign video. It's Chris Sununu on camera, and it was produced much how a presidential campaign video would be produced. Hear hear me out on Nikki Haley. Okay. Yeah, you got something? I'm always, and this part Trump too, I always get nervous when there's a sure thing. I mentioned this about gambling before. Whenever there's a sure thing in gambling, I start to get a little bit nervous Uh because that's when it seems like, the sure thing doesn't pattern. Every right now, Trump looks like a sure thing. And we've seen this a lot in a lot of presidential primaries before. We can talk about Howard Dean in 2004. He was a sure thing to be the Democratic nominee until he wasn't. Yeah. Bernie Sanders in 2020 before Joe Biden swooped in. The big one's probably Hillary Clinton in 2008. I remember specifically during the Democratic primary in 2008 talking with people saying, look, it's it, President Hillary is going to happen. We've got to get used to it right now. Until Barack Obama came into the mm-hmm. into the fray, and I'm starting to get that sense that Trump is too much of a sure thing, and we're just seeing Nikki Haley whittle away at Trump's lead little by little. We still haven't had the first caucus. We haven't had the first primary yet. All it's gonna people are looking for a reason to not vote for Trump, even in the primary. I've just got this funny feeling about Trump being too much of a sure thing and Nikki Haley sitting right there ready to take it. Okay, Nikki Haley scares me. Uh, I know you don't. I'm not saying that I'm pulling for that, and I know I know you're not a big fan of hers, but but it, it's just giving me those same vibes again. The uh, latest uh, Quinnipiac University poll, which was taken just two weeks ago, middle of December, had Trump sitting at 67 percent, DeSantis tied with Haley both at 11 percent, and then Ramaswamy at 4 percent, and we'll get to him later in the show, and then Chris Christie still in there at 3 percent. But here's something to keep in mind. Nikki Haley is second in a lot of polling, second in Iowa, second in New Hampshire, second in South Carolina. Second is what? First place loser. Second not, doesn't make first, it. You're last. But exactly. Poly- but, that's, but she doesn't necessarily finish the primary in second. So look back, you know, when Bill Clinton ran in, in, in 1992, he was, he was, you know, seventh or eighth. He placed third in Iowa, which was a huge showing, totally unexpected, did much better than everybody thought. And it was that third place showing in Iowa that really started to build on him and catapult him into the, into the winning the, you know, the primary and winning the election. 
So these sorts of things tend to build. People want to stick with a winner. Mm. And all of a sudden, if people get that feeling that Trump's not going to be the winner, people's allegiances can slide very, very quickly. Yeah, people want to back a winner. They want to back a winner. Um, well... Here's uh, Sununu. He's talking about Nikki Haley and why he loves her. Governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, on these fast-moving developments and the presidential race as it stands right now. Governor, good to have you back. Um, Nikki Haley, depending on where you are and what poll you look at, is definitely surging in your state. She's even making some inroads in in, in Iowa. In Iowa, she still trails the the former president by quite a bit. Um, Depending on what you look at, uh, not necessarily quite a bit in your state, but a lot of people are tracing that back to your endorsement. What's going on? Uh, well, it, it, look, I don't care what poll you look at. She is surging. Uh, it's real. It, there's a lot of momentum here. Um, and again, it's not just here in New Hampshire, but, you know, now she's potentially second place in a couple polls in Iowa. Um, so that's it. I mean, I've always said this is a race between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. She's making her case, connecting with voters. And it's real. It's genuine. It isn't just, oh, here's a, can- a candidate with a campaign. People see this as a movement, a real movement to kind of move, make sure the Republican Party's moving forward, making sure that we're galvanizing the country with someone that not just can win, because most of the Republican candidates can beat Joe Biden. That's that's actually not very difficult, but can actually carry the entire ballot with her, right? And kind of bring that genuineness, um, that live for your die thing. We're pretty passionate about it here in New Hampshire, but if you could bring a little bit of that to the White House, that's a pretty awesome opportunity for this country. All right. Now, as you were speaking before, uh, Governor, we were showing national polls that show her need making inroads. In your state, it depends on the poll of the day, and I get that. But the momentum is there. Now, of course, she has about a month to close that gap. And I'm just wondering here, um, this again is a national poll. So, guys, we could take that off. I'm just talking to the New Hampshire governor now. Uh, is, is it your sense in the state that New Hampshire is, is, is getting tight? Oh, with, without a doubt. So in, in multi, two or three polls now, she's within, you know, 13, 14 points, whatever you want to look at. Um, you, all the Chris Christie voters are coming on board. The DeSantis voters, everybody's really galvanizing around Nikki at this point. Trump voters are saying, oh, wait a minute. You mean it's not inevitable? We're- yeah, just like to your point, it, it's it, not. It, it's not. Ine- Trump is inevitable. When something mm-hmm. was inevitable, I start to get nervous about mm-hmm. these things. And I know that you know Rob always makes fun of, of, of you know politicians racking up endorsements from other politicians. And, and yeah, they may not be the most important thing in the world, but they can build on each other. And not only do you get that tr- that candidate's endorsement, you generally get money from that candidate. And she's got the Coke money coming in now, and she's got Sununu's endorsement in, mm-hmm. in, in New Hampshire, and she's racking up other endorsements and getting other super PACs dollars coming in and you're starting to stack these wins little baby wins on top of each other and it's starting to materialize into a real world difference maker so she released that uh new hampshire ad featuring him uh throughout the state of new hampshire you know we we played that for you that chris sununu uh so that is like her tv campaign ad now in the state of new hampshire it's it's him on camera saying how wonderful she is and what's it take to have nikki haley get a quote win in New Hampshire. She's mm. what 30 plus points down. So if she ends up 15 points down in New Hampshire, that's a huge win for her just like a third place for Bill Clinton in Iowa in 1992 was a huge win for him. So, and that's how these political shifts can start by stacking these little quote wins where you don't even have to come in first to win and building them on top of each other because people want to back a winner and they end up 
shifting their allegiance over to that side, the person they think that is going to end up winning. So her goal at this point is just to get it down to a two-person race. Exceed expectations. Yeah. That's what she's trying to do. And if you're 35 points down in New Hampshire, so I need to go in there and, and you know, finish New Hampshire 20 points down. Yeah. It is 10 minutes in front of 10. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. morning. It is six minutes away from 10. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. We have got to talk about this lady. Do we? We yes. have to? Yes, we do. Her name is Sonia. She's 45 and she's claiming that she is in an erotic relationship with an oak tree, a tree, a plant. Not a person, a thing. She said this came after she felt a connection while laying on top of it during lonely COVID walks. I was, uh, we were all a little bit isolated and lonely during COVID. But did you fall in love with a tree? I did not. A no. tree. Uh, she describes herself as ecosexual. It started back in that heinous year that none of us like to remember, 2020. It was in that year that I moved from Mexico to Canada with my family. And being neither Mexican nor Canadian, I had been lonely for a long time. Lonely despite being married, because moving in the year of a pandemic put just tremendous weight on my partner and me so much that we nearly destroyed each other. In this time, I developed several coping mechanisms and among the healthier of them was taking daily walks on this marsh swamp that is near my house. These were therapeutic walks. I would cry in the rain, I would talk to my friends, and I would come up with these massive epiphanies about my life and how I wanted it to be. One of the most significant was the realization that I had been craving that rush of erotic energy that comes when you meet a new partner and that it is not sustainable. It doesn't last. We are human. We cannot keep up with that energy forever. Yet I believed it was possible. I believed I could tap into that erotic life force somehow, somewhere. And around the time of this epiphany, I began to notice that about the halfway point in my walk, I would pass a grove of oak trees and one particular tree in that grove called to me. Mm -hmm. So I began to stop daily at this particular oak tree and I began to lean against <laughs> it, began to hold it and feel held by it. And I noticed that I was experiencing erotic attraction. Uh -huh. What did that tree she said it called to her. Was it like, hey, what are you wearing? Uh, did, I want to know, uh, did that tree consent? To her leaning up against it, uh, we we this could be a problem for her. Oh no! There's pictures of her leaning against the tree. She's got her arm up against the tree, taking selfies with the tree. Nope. Is there a woodpecker with that tree? Nope. It is the Kendall and Casey show. It's 93 WIBC.
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.